I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back again to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the Algarve, Andalusia, Tour de South Maritima Duvar, and Setmana Valenciana. Recap here with Benji on his Sunday evening, his eyes Maybe they don't even work anymore. Having to watch, was it five races today? What was yeah. this Sunday? Five. Yeah, quite insane. But we survived, okay? We survived. And I don't think I did. In the end, okay. My brain hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm peaking too early. I'm like Quintana, Benji. I'm February Quintana of the podcast world but- by the tour. <laughs> I don't think February Quintana is real. I think that he crashed two years ago with his knee injury and he has been coming back and as a consequence hasn't been able to show itself outside of February. And now we're seeing Quintana again and therefore I have hopes that if he doesn't crash, we might see it a bit longer than February this time around. True, true. I actually believe that too. Anyway, Algarve first. It finished on the mull. I will climb. They do two reps, 2.5 Ks, 10%, 173K stage. It was going to be a group sprint on the final climb. Remco's got a minute-plus lead on GC, on Hater, McNulty, Godu, etc. On this sort of climb, very, very unlikely unless he had some sort of sickness or crash that he'd get distance. So the question was who would win the stage? We've got Godu, Gita, Foss. Remco himself, a lot of punchy guys that we all saw battling it out on the uh, foyer climb earlier in the week. But how did the stage shape up, Benji? Because Yumbo, who we haven't really seen apart from Foss, actually got a bit active in this stage. Yeah, they went in the breakaway with Stone Emitted and also Acorn in that breakaway. And Acorn was uh, a bit of the working man while Stone Emitted is more the climbing guy. He was also wearing the white jersey as he was second in a classification behind the Remco Evenepoel. But he wasn't the only one in the breakaway because a break of roughly 20 riders was on the road, including the likes of Pitcock and, for example, Jose Neves, the uh, Portuguese champion as well. A bunch of riders in that, but in the end, Quickstep kept that group quite close. And for a group of 20 riders, you have to do a lot of work to keep that close. And perhaps that made sure that Quickstep might not have had as much energy at the end of the stage as they would have hoped for, thanks to uh, having to control the stage for the entire part. But who knows? It might still turn out okay. Anyway, when it comes to the action in the peloton, the group ahead was like on two minutes when they started the likes of the first time they go over that Alto de Mayao climb, which is with roughly, I think, 30k to go. And we saw attacks there. We saw the likes of Martinez making move there twice. And the first time around, people were jumping on the wheel quite easily. And the second time around, the only person responding to Martinez was uh, your boy Remco. And as a consequence, they were off for a tiny bit. But Remco's not going to take over because Vervaka's in the group behind. And if he can get Vervaka back with him, then that's good for the valley that comes afterwards. Because otherwise, 
he needs to work with Martinez if he wants to do that or sit up on Martinez. Martinez probably won't keep on riding if Remco is sitting on his wheel for like 30 kilometers. So in the end, it was just the logical thing that the group came back quite easily after that. And they started moving towards the final climb. And slowly but surely, the quick step riders came back. The likes of Lombard, Osgrin, all moving back to the front group. Jakobsen was not there anymore. He uh, didn't get there anymore because he was done after that first climb. And they had roughly four riders going into the final climb. And they had a bit of a, a lead-out train towards that climb. What were you expecting to be uh, the strategy of Remco on this final climb, knowing he has such a gap? Defense. Just ride at steady, hard pace. So that, like, the worst thing that can happen is someone gets away early and they can actually take, I mean, a minute, never happening. But you know what I mean. He just wants to make it to the last 300, 400 meters in a group with the GC guys and then he can do whatever because I don't think he was keen or I think he knows Agita and co were a bit punchier than him. Um, so yeah, I didn't think he was, I don't, do you think he's two years ago, Benji, I would have said he's going to go for the stage win here. So do you think, do you think he's realizing, oh, riding for GC is a slightly different beast? Maybe you have to be conservative sometimes. And maybe I'm not so much better than everybody every stage on every parkour. Like, is Remco better than McNulty on a finish like this or Nagita? Not always. So, is that the same thing that you saw or expected? I saw it as the entirety of Algarve, I feel like, because even on Foya, he decided to not attack when. Old Remco would have attacked 100% before the moment that he tried to move on the left side of the road. And today, he also played very defensively, and I expected that on the final climb as well. Just the combination of that, knowing that the time trial is 32 kilometers, that was definitely going to be a thing, you know? But uh, today, well, I uh, was expecting him to play defensively on the final climb, and we saw that train slowly but surely emptying with riders. And one by one, the quick step riders were off the front, and... In the end, Remco was the final one as Vervaka pulled off. And then we were waiting. Who's going to make a move? Who's going to be the one that is going to make the move on this moment? And Remco was still keeping quite a tempo. So I don't think people were thinking, okay, if I attack now, I'm probably going to get counted. And I think that's why they didn't go early necessarily. But who is making the final move or at least the start of the final battle? At what point on the final climb did that happen? Remco pace, McNulty attacks, punchy guy. I think he goes too early and costs himself a Gita and Martinez there as well. Martinez had been aggressive earlier in the stage. He leads out a Gita and just like he should have done on Foyer, he is able to come over a Gita while he's fossed there and not without hazard. And a Gita takes this stage. I must say, he nearly crashed again, Igita. He looks, when he's going in the sprint, he is, he can't control his bike properly. Like he yeah. nearly crashed into Martinez's back wheel again. It's, yeah, just something to watch. I, I honestly thought, oh my God, it's going to happen again. But he takes the stage ahead of Martinez, McNulty, go to Evanapol on nine seconds, Foss, Vine, seventh, Figueredo, Bistrom, Hater got dropped, actually lost 43 seconds on Foyer which surprising, same time as Kung. Oh, not on Foyer, on, on Malau. So, yeah, considering where he went, like the form on Great Orm, which is a similar climb in Tour of Britain last year, we didn't lose that much time to Alphalete and Wout. 
not the same condition right now. GC, Avonapol takes it out at 1 minute 17 ahead of McNulty. Then Martinez Hater drops down off second to fourth on 139. Go to fifth. Fifth on a race with that length TT. Pretty good. Foss sixth. Then Kung, Gernalek, Bistrom, Van Bala round out the top 10. So Arkea takes some more points. 50 and 25 with Swift and Bistrom. Uh, no. Gernalek and Swift in the top 12. They'll be happy. But even Paul Benji, we'll get to him. I have a funny question, actually. But before I do, a word on our show partner, Zwift. As you know, the UCI Esports World Championships are taking place in Zwift's virtual New York world next Saturday. If you want a taste of that world, we are riding it in the LRCP Zwift group ride on Tuesday, 6 p.m. UK time, 7 p.m. European time. It's been really fun, actually. It's actually a version of me and Benji doing a live stream chat to people if you join the Discord, which is through the event link on the Zwift link. So I hope to see you all there on Tuesday evening on the New York World course. Benji, Remco delusional stands. Maybe I'm one of them. Remco, true or false? Remco could have won this stage. He dropped himself because he wanted to finish solo to celebrate the GC win and have a solo photo. <laughs> it's a it's a valuable take, but how I would see it is that he knows that Higita, McNulty, and so forth, they've got a kick, and Higita has a better kick than Remco has. So he probably was thinking, I'm playing defensively, I'm going to keep tempo for the entire climb, spend my energy that way. I'm not completely done for, but there's no point in me trying to beat Higita in a sprint, for example. He's likely going to take it, so I might as well drop right now. I won't lose the time that I'm ahead of them, and I can celebrate on my own. So I think it's a combination of both knowing that he wasn't going to make it anyway, and two, he wanted to have that picture. Possibly, yeah, I think so. He takes his 25th pro win with the GC here. Uh, three World Tour wins, but his next race is on the calendar. He literally avoids all my race rides it's for the last two years. It's pretty frustrating. Uh, Torino Adriatico, the next stage race, that's a big one in March. That's going up against uh, Pagacha, so <laughs> it doesn't get bigger than that. And then Basque Country, Brabant's Flesh Liege, and then Norway, Swiss, and then Vuelta later. Tour de France, Benji, or are you still not be patient, go to the Vuelta? I would, uh, oh, it's difficult, you know. I think Vuelta, because otherwise, what are they going to do? Put Al Philippe in the Tour as well. He's not going to have support at all in the Tour de France. Might as well go to the Vuelta and at least have some support. If he destroys Pagatra in Torino, will you change your mind? He's not. <laughs> oh, we got it on record. Okay. He probably won't. I mean, we'll see how Pagacci goes at UA this week. Um, he says he's fine after COVID. But that was Algarve. I have to say, not the most exciting course I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, 32K TT with no real mountain top finishes. No, thank you. Anyway, Andalusia, kind of the opposite, constant climbing all like week long just about the poor sprinters not that there were many here had a pretty rough go but the name of the game on this stage which finished with a six and a half k 5.6 percent climb 
yeah, the Chiclana de Segura 147Ks was defense for Bahrain victorious on GC. Defending white poles, slender 10-second lead on Lopez. No bonus seconds at the finish, but still it opens with a long series of medium mountain climbs. They want to have the right break go. And I think one did Benji, although there's no coverage, but I heard that a break went, big group of guys, and then maybe like it got chased again and then there were re-attacks, et cetera. But who eventually got away? Because it was some pretty solid break riders. Yeah, at the start of the race, we had indeed a breakaway already with Kemna and another teammate. I think it was Wandal at the starting point of the race that formed on that initial climb. But like you say, was caught a bit later and then we waited until we saw another break forming and then a pretty uh, strong breakaway formed where we saw three riders of the team of Bora, Buchmann, Kemna and Wandal once again. So they were clearly trying to set up Kemna here or Buchmann for a potential stage win. Three riders from UAE, Kovi, Polans and Trenton in the front group. So not following, not chasing this time around, but ahead of the race. Oliveira and Serrano for Movistar. Velasco, Sheffield in the break once again, 19 years old, repeat that. And uh, Fortunato at Iolo with a teammate as well. Some other riders in there as well, including Clark, DeWolf, Navarro and so forth. So pretty strong breakaway. And it looked at that moment with 29k to go that the break might make it because the gap was already nearing three minutes. Bahrain was pulling in the peloton, pulling being, controlling the gap, and they didn't care who won as long as they won GC. So obviously, they didn't care about chasing it. There's no bonus seconds here, so it's not like they were trying to make sure that the winner in the peloton doesn't get the bonus seconds. They just didn't really care about chasing it to keep the strength for the climb. But in the breakaway... We actually saw them go towards that final climb, and Buchmann was the first one to roll attacks. Buchmann attacked here and there. People followed. Buchmann tried again. People followed, and just Bora made sure that the riders that they were with got more and more tired by the attacks of Buchmann doing so. And as a consequence, Kemna tries the ride after that, and Kemna gets away. At that point in the race, what do you think? Is Fortunato, Kovi, going to pace up to no. that and slap him in the sprint? Nope. <laughs> Once okay. Kamna goes, he doesn't get brought back. Catalonia couldn't get brought back on a descent. Dropped Carapaz, couldn't get brought back. No, Fortunato's not bringing Kamna back. And it was similar to the Puy-Marie stage tactics where Shackman and Kamna tried to work over Danny Martinez. The problem yep. for them was Danny Martinez did like 6.2 watts per kilo on Puy-Marie after a very, very hard stage. So... That didn't work out for them, but here it did. And Kamner takes, he's one of the best breakaway riders in the world. His strike rate is just unbelievably like he always to make sure he's lost enough time if he's not going for GC. We saw him do that the other day. He's good at always getting into the break, which is half the battle. And then he obviously is able to conserve energy, pick the right moments, etc. So he takes his fourth pro win. Is he lucky that he's on a team that often falls out of the battle of GC, making sure that they can go in the breakaways? Because in other teams, a ride like this would be a mountain super domestique or a leader in some teams, or in French teams, definitely a leader if he's French, but uh, he isn't. And therefore at Bora, he often has the option of 
being in breakaways because Buchmann falls out of GC or someone else falls out of GC, do you think that will change this year? Well, no, you're right. Canada and a lot of other teams would have been forced to be a GC contender. Big Engine, TT Junior World Champion or U23 World Champion, um, like Light Climber. Yeah, he'd be forced to be a TT guy. And at Bora, they're like, you do you. So he was at DSM before and left there. Uh, but yeah, huge win for him. He's won. I, I just can't wait to see what he does this year. I presume he'll be going to the. Oh, so it's going to the Giro. Yeah. Good luck if you're in a break <laughs> in the Giro <laughs> with Kemner. Like, it's a different level to some of the guys in the breaks last year. Fortunato came second, then Covey, Sheffield, Serrano, Buchmann. Oldani, Velasco, Detier, Oliveira came in in dribs and drabs. Sheffield, Covey, and Fortunato, yeah, they got, they got worked over by Bora. But back in the GC group, Luchenko, Benji, he promised after the stage yesterday, he said, we will do everything 100% <laughs> to make it right for Miguel and Lopez to pace for him. Did that happen on the final climb? I'm afraid I didn't see that. I didn't really see Lopez <laughs> that much. I saw Tejada pacing for a tiny bit at a certain point, but quite late on the climb as well. The initial portion was Bahrain controlling for quite a while. Then suddenly Tejada showed up with 1.5k to 1k to go, started hammering it at the front of it, but hammering ain't going to drop Hagen Pulse. Definitely if it's Tejada. Lopez was sitting a bit further in the group, so I was like, okay, if Lopez wants to attack, he needs to move up pretty soon. And... It just didn't really happen, didn't it? And I think the first one to attack was not even a part of the uh, Lopez team. No, it was maybe Cristiano Rodriguez or Carlos yeah. Rodriguez, I think. C-Rod on C-Rod violence today. The Andalusians wanting to be the best C-Rod at Andalusia and C-Rod Total, who Benji disrespected severely, was trying I'm to get sorry. onto the was trying to get onto the podium. And no, he was on the podium, rather. He was, no, sorry, Carlos Rodriguez, Jesus. There's <laughs> too many C-Rods. Ineos Carlos Rodriguez wanted to get on the podium. He was currently in like fifth or sixth. Total Christian Rodriguez was trying to maintain his position there. So they attack, close each other down. Lopez doesn't look good. He's actually getting gapped a bit. Hague is going backwards. Simon Yates is the strongest out of the GC group, while Poles actually drops Lopez and gains more time. So incredible level from Walt Poles at the Vuelta Andalusia. Great work from Bahrain. And he takes out the GC, not just a stage, but GC ahead of Christian Rodriguez, who moves up to second because he gains some time on Lopez. Carlos Rodriguez fourth, Simon Yates goes over Haig, who drops some time. Uh, Yates fifth, Haig sixth, O'Connor seventh, Van Seven on eighth, Luchenko ninth, and Sosa tenth. Sosa must have lost a lot of time. Most importantly, Lopez lost five seconds to Pools today. If he had the lead that he would have had if Luchenko pays yesterday and lost five seconds today, he would have still been in the leader jersey. Really? I think so. <laughs> Unless my math is completely wrong, which I don't trust. I think you're right. I think it's the case. Basically, he was eight seconds ahead of pools before yesterday. Yeah, anyway, he got sold <laughs> out of this <laughs> GC. Um, 
yeah, so not great. I'm not sure how Miguel Angel Lopez will be feeling, but a great win for Pauls. Uh, he's going to be going to the to Paranis. And again, this says the Giro on PCS. I'm not sure that's correct. Uh, but yeah, Paranis is looking looking pretty good. Any other notes from Andalusia, Benji? Some pretty exciting racing. I think if they reverse stage four and they have that long climb at the finish, I think Simon Yates wins GC here. Ooh, easily. I don't know if that – do you think that changes a lot, the dynamic of the race? If Perche was near yeah. the finish. Oh, yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think That's he was just uphill. I somewhat agree with you. I uh, Yeah, I see it happening. But, hey, it was not the case. Yeah, I know. And, therefore, he is not winning GC. But do you think this indicates something for future races, the form that riders have in this race? Because you feel like – Cristiano Rodriguez could certainly be a GC contender at a Grand Tour. No, right? No, because this was a very, very specific parkour with, as I said, no long, no mountaintop yep. finish or anything like that. Uh, it's very sort of a unique parkour. Exciting racing, but how much it's relevant to Grand Tours, I'm not, I'm not sure. No TT either. That was Andalusia. Congrats to Poles. Speaking of form and how that may impact what we're thinking about for the rest of the year, and riders going to Paris-Nice, Tours out Maritima Duvar. It's a 2-1 race, but I want to mention it. Quintana yesterday attacked on Ez. Wellens brought him back. Quintana did really good numbers, 6.78 for 14 watts per kilo. 6.78 watts per kilo, so that is not 14 watts per kilo. <laughs> and the problem for him was there was like an 8K false flight descent to the finish. And Tim Wellens did his best ever 20-minute power and brought him back on the flat. Obviously, Wellens probably got like 17 kilos on Quintana. So on the non-technical descent, he brought him back. So Wellens, who won that stage, same time as Quintana, I think, before this stage started or just a couple of seconds ahead, he was leading GC. There wasn't too many Savage High Mountains here. Anyway, Quintana launched this third and last stage, attacking on a 6K, 6.5% climb, and then went full gas on a long descent all the way down into town, dropping Wellens, dropping, gapping, or reaching Pino in the break and dropping him, taking a huge lead and winning this GC by over... A minute 30. He won the stage by a minute 20 because Wellens was pacing with Martin Pino on his wheel who weren't contributing and suck at descending as well. And then they tried to attack him the second on GC. But Quintana Benji, I'm saying he's back, back, back. I hope he's back. He's been absolutely ruthless these last few weeks, and I very much look forward to seeing what he can do in Paris-Nice because we've got that Turini climb. Yes, it's against Rolich and so forth, but it's an indication of what he can do against the best of the best, the Slovenians. And that's what I'm kind of waiting for to settle it out because, yeah, he's beating Wellens here. Like, Wellens is not the top climber, but the numbers he's pushing out, the numbers he's pushing out is very good. So that's an indication that on Turini he might be able to somewhat compete with Roglic. I'm, we're still having to see what Roglic looks like at the moment when he comes to form, so we don't know that. But that's the point where I'm looking forward to to see confirmation. And I don't know what that means for the Tour de France, you know, because there's a long time trial in the Tour de France, so Quintana's basically ruined on the time trial alone. Is he going to take enough time on the other stages to beat riders that are better at time trial? 
That's a very difficult question to answer. He's not riding the Giro. He's doing the Tour in the Vuelta instead for pretty logical reason in my eyes, which is that the Giro is uh, not that much shown in France. So most likely that results in Arkea not being too interested in yeah. having their sponsor at that race. But um, yeah, I hope he's back. I hope we can see it on the bigger stages in this year because he lightens up races, he attacks and... At the moment, I'm looking forward to seeing riders attack more. And Quintana might just be the guy that does that, while in the past, he was the guy that follows. If you want to watch some racing back, I think this was the best race of the weekend, these last two stages of Alps Maritima Duvar. And Quintana also ensures an 80-point swing in Arkea's favor over Lotto because he won 125 points, Wellens 85. It would have been the reverse. So an 80-point swing for Arkea over their relegation rival. And this week, look out for Avast, the, um, the resident writer. If you haven't checked out yet on lanternrouge.com.au, Carlos Ozzel's been pumping out the articles this week. He will be preparing a piece Looking at Quintana's Watts per kilo, if he replicates them in Parony Stage 7 on the Torini climb, what can we expect? Rollis should be there. But just some projections based on what Quintana's been doing. But Benji, the last order of business, Setmana, Valenciana, AVB in the GC lead, and not too much to threaten her. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I tuned in a bit late for this one. I watched it with about 500 meters to go, so I was lucky that I caught the finish line. But we saw Longo Borghini doing a lead-out. I'm guessing that Alavondag did the lead-out before that for Longo Borghini for Balsamo. Balsamo in the wheel of Elisa Longo Borghini. Bastianelli just behind that. And we see that Longo Borghini basically launches Balsamo, but she doesn't launch out of the saddle. She was sprinting on the saddle. And that was a bit odd to see because, like, I would have guessed that she normally sprints outside of the saddle. And on the right side of a longer Borghini, Bastianelli launches, and Bastianelli just wins relatively easily over Balsamo here, even though on the finish line, we couldn't really see 100% how easily she won because the camera angle was uh, in a very shady corner where it was all dark, the entire screen, and we didn't really see the kits of the riders until they had one second in the sun at like 50 meters to go to know which riders were at the front. It was a bit crazy, the uh, footage of this race, but Bastianelli wins once again. She's won already before this year. She's on a roll, and uh, I think UAE is happy with her as a sprinter at the moment. Balsamo, just outside of that victory, but in all honesty, she's shown already that she can sprint well, and she's going to show it for the rest of the season. When it comes to Von Vleuten, still a leader in this race, and uh, it's also kind of done, so... She's going to keep that lead until next year. So <laughs> congratulations. And we it's take it for granted. Yeah. But like she had a serious yeah, injury in Paris exactly. Bay. First race of the year. She's just fine. Which Pelvis, I think. Yeah. She's 39 and just back. And she put it up on Twitter being like, I was on crutches like a few months ago. Just absolutely insane AVV. Already like another comeback story that's kind of under the radar. But. We'll see her in TDFF, Avex Swift, later this year. She will be maybe the $1.05 favorite. That was our Super Sunday wrap-up, speaking of Swift. Make sure to join us on Tuesday on our LLCP group ride, and we'll have the UAE Tour Stage 2 recap tomorrow. Ciao.